This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. At ABC Church, we give you a warm welcome. If you're joining us online, it's great to be here. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? You're all done, or some of you leaving after this service. Come on, guys. And you're thinking, I hope the shops haven't closed yet while you head down. Because yesterday I was out grabbing a few last-minute things. And uh, I bumped into so many. I bumped into my brother, Mike, at Poundland. (laughs) I bumped into Sharon at every shop that was in Trostre, she was really smashing it with her shopping. I bumped into Reese as well, who was getting a gift for his mother in a very, very expensive shop, giving the clue away there. Are you all ready for Christmas? Because it's great to have Christmas gifts and celebrate Christmas together, isn't it? Does it make you happy over Christmas? Yes. When you have a great gift. Lots of things make us happy over Christmas, isn't it? For some people, it's being together. That's the big thing for me. Ruth said to me, what, what do you want for Christmas? I said, Ruth, I just want all of us to be together as a family and enjoy the time together. And she said to me, ah, well, I would like a few other very expensive things to go with my Christmas, if that's okay. Happiness. Laughter. It's a great thing, isn't it? I need a young volunteer today who can help me uh, with something. So who's a young volunteer that can help me out today? Who's, oh, Barry's grassing. Come on, Melissa. Out you come, Melissa. She's going to help me. Give a big round for Melissa as she comes this morning. This is going to be great. You're going to love this moment. I assure you, Melissa, come stand. Nobody's worn this before you. I can assure you it's very hygienic and you can pop this on your head. Can we do this? Do you think she's looking very festive here? What's this? <laughs> oh, oh sick. Isn't it great? <laughs> Give Elisa a big round of applause. <laughs> Who on earth goes and spends money and buys a hat like this? My wife Ruth, I tell you. My wife Ruth. What we've been looking at last week and this week is the line from a carol when I was preparing for the Christmas season, that line from a carol that says, tidings of comfort and joy. And last week when we were together, you remember I grabbed this throw, one of the many throws that are around the place, and how I said, you know, when, there's no, when we're cutching up and the temperature is beginning to get a bit cold in the house, when the central heating is switched off an hour before, there's nothing like grabbing a blanket and comforting us around that. And we learned from the scripture that Jesus has come to become not just our comfort, but to become our joy because we all love a bit of happiness and joy don't we come on what did i just say we all love a bit of happiness and joy don't we oh you too miserable and you're all like the grinch and you're the ebenezer scrooge of christmas because there's no way you're going to be happy because of what you're going through There's no way we can be happy for a moment because of the situations that life casts at us. But you know, Jesus has come not just to bring us happiness. Jesus has come to bring us 
joy. Joy. Nehemiah tells us this. The prophet Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So, what's the difference between happiness and joy? Well, you see, happiness is something that's fleeting. It's something that comes in an artificial high of sorts. You see, when Melissa came out here this morning and popped the uh, hat on her head, it gave Barry <laughs> great joy twofold. Number one, he, get, he got to gaze as, it, as amazing, wonderful, beautiful-looking Mexican bride-to-be. But the second thing it did as well is he knew what was coming. He knew that she was going to be the butt of one of his gags. And so as she came out here, and then when I put the hat to go, it just released happiness and joy into the room. In fact, it just did, just did so then. Look, watch. Watch me. See, it does it all the time. It just brings an artificial high. A moment where something makes us laugh or something makes us joyful. But the Bible meaning for this word joy is something that's really, really deep. You see, it's seated and comes from the love of God because the Bible teaches us that God is love. And we know in the same way that the kind of love that the Bible talks about is not a, a romantic, all gushy, fairy dusts and all this kind of Disney swirls type of love. What the Bible talks is meaningful, sacrificial love. Love that does the right thing. Love that even extends so far that we are called to love our enemies. Nothing romantic about that, is there? That we have to love our enemies. And it's out of that love that the joy of the Lord, that's our strength, comes. You see, joy is something deep. In fact, Hebrews tells us this. There's a really interesting verse in Hebrews that says, and it was our verse for the year, uh, last year or the year before, if you recall. It was the verse from Hebrews that says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the chain. What an interesting verse. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. I mean, if I came to you and told you some news this afternoon, oh, by the way, we're going to crucify you at three o'clock today. I'm not sure it would bring joy to your soul, would it? Would it? I'm not sure that you'd be high-fiving everyone. Whoa, they're going to crucify me today. I'm not being serious. You wouldn't have that response. So how does Jesus, in facing the cross, reflecting on it in the scripture it writes to us because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it says to us that we looked at Jesus 
the author and perfecter of faith, who because of the joy that was set before him, or the glory, says another translation, that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Because Jesus knew what deep-seated, love-founded, grounded joy is. You see, some people wake up in the morning and happiness is something that happens to them depending on what happens that day. Are you happy today? Yes, because something has happened. Are you happy today? No, don't talk to me today. The boss has been on my case. I'm caught in a traffic jam. Or Situational stuff that happens because happiness is, for a lot of people, a momentary thing. And so the Bible calls us to live more deeply than that and causes us to live a life of joy because the joy of the Lord is our, our strength. So what does that mean? What are three things that I could share with you that are really meaningful, that could help us today be stronger in the joy of the Lord because Jesus has come to bring us tidings, great news, of comfort and joy. Let's pray before we turn to God's word together, shall we? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that teaches us everything that we need to understand about God, our maker, our designer, our creator, Everything about our universe, the world around us, and ourselves. But we thank you most of all that the word of God that you gave us, its center point, is the story of the message of your son, your only begotten son, that you sent to earth to us to be our comfort and our joy. We just pray as we open God's word and look at two verses today that we can just reflect on that you would teach from your word again today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the two verses that I want to share with you today are the same two verses that I shared with you last week. And the reason I wanted to share the same two verses is because to make sure that we don't forget this Christmas why Jesus came to earth. And the first one is to be found in Luke 1 and verse 21. And this verse where the angel comes and shares the good news of the birth of Jesus and comes to Joseph and the verse simply says this as it hops up on screen if you've got your phone with you follow me uh, on your phone or in your bible and it is coming now and the verse says this Matthew 1 verse 21 she will give birth to a son referring this is the Gabriel saying to uh, Joseph about Mary she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins and this second verse that's in Luke chapter 1 verse 31, and this is the same angel, not appearing to Joseph now, appearing to Mary and saying this. Luke 1, 21, here he comes. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus is good news. He's tidings for you of comfort and joy. Any of you like spending time on YouTube watching all kinds of films and videos and all kinds of documents? Who likes spending time on YouTube? 
Yes, we are like that. My daughter Fionn spends loads of time on YouTube watching all kinds of, you know, people that fall off skateboards, smash their heads into a wall, car accidents, all kinds of stuff. But you know, we all watch YouTube for different reasons. None of you here watch ripped off films on YouTube, do you? No, we don't want to do such things. But one of the things I love listening to and watching are TED Talks. Any of you discover them? TED Talks, they're very good. Things about technology, education, and design. That's what TED stands for. Technology, education, and design. And there were two interesting things, because depending on your profile of your, uh, the kind of things that you watch on YouTube, YouTube will make suggestions to you. It says, you might like this. So one of the videos that came up uh, back a couple of months ago said, you might like this, Philip. And it gets it wrong quite often. A lot of the videos that I watch, I don't like them. And I, you know, there's no complaints department, but I just sit down and watch them. And that's boring. I'll flick that away. But it was a really uh, interesting uh, YouTube video by a researcher from Harvard University called Robert Walding. Go on Google, Robert Walding, happiness, and you'll see it. And he was giving the secrets of happiness that are to be found in a Harvard University study that has been taking place since the 1930s. How long? 1930s. 1930s. How many of you were around in the 1930s? Yeah, I know a lot of you are looking at my dress sense thinking I've been around since the 1930s. But how many of you have been around here since the 1930s? Yeah. There were... 1953. 1933. 1933. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. 1933. That's a good, great age to be at. And there were 724 people, all men, because that's the kind of thing they studied in the 1930s, I think. And they studied 724 men. And half of these men were Harvard University students that were 19 years of age, about to, uh, in their sophomore year, about to embark on life, the best talent that America had to offer, and were about to embark on a journey together to find out what life would have for them. Believe it or not, one of them actually became an U.S. president. Can you believe that? Mm. And then the others, the other half, were 19-year-old men from the worst area area of Boston, Massachusetts. Say Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes, it's an easy word to say, isn't it? Some people find that word really difficult to say. But Boston, Massachusetts, they grabbed these uh, guys together and they measured how their life went. They sent them different questionnaires to fill in and today six of those men are still arrive, alive today. And the study was to find out what made these men happy. Do you know what made them happy? Do you think it was money? Do you think it was fame? Do you think it was achievement? And the reason I ask those three is that there was another YouTube video that I was asked to suggest that I would watch after. It said, you might like this too. So I went and watched that, and indeed, I did. So I watched this second video by Emily Pastorjohani. It's a really complicated name, but she was studying 5,000 millennials. Those are people that have been born most 
um, recently, I think it's 1996 or 1997 onwards is the definition of a millennial. And the questionnaire that had, she had asked them was, what do they think would make them happy? And they responded with the first thing, money. That's what would make them happy. The second thing they responded with that would make them happy, or so they thought, was fame and celebrity, to be famous. Any of you want to be famous? Not at all. They can keep that all to themselves. I love the fact that I can go shopping in Trostre on a Saturday and not be bothered by anyone. Do you? But imagine being the celebrities and all these people that are fame with paparazzi everywhere and everything. What a terrible life that it is they lead. And if you talk to some of them, you know, they will say that it's the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And then other people, those that are maybe in sport or politics or in business, they responded, again, from the questionnaire from young people, that what they would be looking for would be looking for achievement, that I could get to be president, or that I could be the chairman of ICI. What does God's word say that will not just bring us happiness, but that will bring us joy? Well, believe it or not, both the piece of work from Harvard that Robert had done and the piece of millennial research that Emily had done point to the same things that are indicated to us in guess where? God's word. Well, what a surprise is that, isn't it? What a surprise is that, that God's word would indicate the same things that would bring us joy and happiness in life as that a piece of research would do. Well, that's because this is the manual for life. If you want to know how to run this guy, if you want to know how he operates, if you want to know what makes him happy, I'm pointing to myself, it's to be found here. All I need to do is look in here. How has God created me? Do you know I am one in 7.9 or 7.4 billion people that are on this planet today? Did you know that? Did you know I am unique? There was nobody like me. Thank the Lord for that, I hear some of you say. But you know, there's nobody like you. There is no one that's like you. You are so special. The Word of God tells us that He, the divine creator, the sustainer of the universe, I love the picture of this, He knit you together in your mother's womb. How wonderful is that thought? That we are knit together. You're not weird. You might think differently from other people. You might dress differently from other people. You might speak and communicate differently from other people because God has created the vast variety of nature around us that nothing is the same in order to reflect his glory, his greatness and his power and his majesty that instead of just making us all like Star Wars, what are those white-wearing fighting characters? Stormtroopers. Instead of making us stormtroopers... Like the world would have us do, we can break out of the box, can't we? And we can rebel. We can take off our mask. What's my name? Finn. Finn. Like the Star Wars links, guys, because I know there's some, some Star Wars people in here this morning. But the point I'm trying to make is this. God has made you to be you. God has made you to be different. So let me give you the Bible keys to joy. Shall I? 
The Bible keys to joy in closing are quite simply this. We are designed to belong. We are designed to believe. And we are designed to become all that God planned for us to be before the foundation of the world. You see, we all want belonging. It'll be lonely. No, I won't go there. <laughs> we can laugh, can't we? But for some people, it will be lonely this Christmas without you. A lot of you here today are spending first Christmases without certain people. A lot of you have lost loved ones to sickness and illness just this year. A lot of you have had so many circumstances that have come your way. You might have moved to the area or you might have moved away or, or whatever's going on. And, and loneliness is something that comes your way. God has designed this wonderful thing that we need called community and belonging. That we can be together. So you might be alone, but you'll never be lonely. Because God has bound us all together in this wonderful thing called the Christian faith. Because he is our comfort and joy. And that belonging comes from being part of a community of people that accept you just as you are. You can be listening to us online. You come straight into this room. This is a church that accepts people as you are. Black, white, rich, poor talented untalented you might have a gift you might not have a gift you might be broken you might think you've got it all together that's a surprise isn't it i thought i had it all together until i came to christ we are all broken aren't we we all need to be fixed and this is a church that welcomes everybody no matter what their social background because we are a community that reflects the very kingdom of heaven the love that's in God, that you can come to this place, you will be welcomed, and you can belong to a group of people that are aligned around the causes of Christ because we serve him because he loved us and gave himself for us. Find your belonging this year in Jesus because it'll bring you joy. But to do that, we need to believe. Emily called it in her video online, Transcendence like meditation or taking time to reflect on yourself some of you maybe you've got the headspace app on your phone or something of that ilk that helps you maybe reflect but you know when we begin to reflect on ourselves it can be quite a destructive thing will you join us as billions of christians are on the face of this planet every day we reflect every day we transcend or we church we come together and we give glory to the Lamb of God, to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world that loved us and gave himself for us. So we transcend everything that's around us because through community, the belonging, through believing in Jesus Christ, the believing, we can come together and we know that our tomorrow will be better than what it is today. We know that the best is yet to come. We know if I put my hand in his that the joy of the Lord is my strength, not some temporary happiness if something happens to go my way that day. That we can belong, that we can believe, but that we can become. 
that we become all that God wants us to be. You know, my life and my childhood in school was involved with lots of different things. Massive underachieving. <laughs> I left school with nothing in terms of qualifications. And all of that, and some of you here might feel the same way as I did. But I've got a practical mind. I've got a doing mind. And an academic structure I discovered, discovered at a later time in life, when my maybe brain developed, and instead of sitting in classroom and looking out the window thinking, are we playing rugby this morning? Or oh, I wonder what Rachel Harris is doing lunchtime. Instead of things like thinking things like that, that I learned to calm my mind and my concentration. And I discovered later in life that God had shaped me to become the particular individual that he'd called me to be and to use my gifts to make a difference in the world. Your story is exactly the same. Whatever experiences you have been through, I promise you that God will bring glory through that. That whatever's happened, you might have a broken background, you might have had poor parenting, you might have had poor social circumstances, you might have broken marriages and failures and relationships. Do you know, I don't care. And the reason I don't care is Jesus don't care. He don't care what your background is. He doesn't want to care what you go through. He says, come to me. He said this, if you believe in me. John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, whoever, will not perish but have everlasting life. That we can become all that God has us to be. Whatever skills he's given, whatever talents he's given, that we use those to the praise and glory of God. That's the secret of happiness, according to both pieces of research. We will live longer if we have great, good relationships around us. Do you know your memory is improved if you have good personal relationships with everybody around you? I'll post lunchtime. I'll drop them up on Facebook and maybe someone will share it on the ABC Church page. But if you want to watch those two YouTube videos, the one from Robert and the one from Emily, have a listen to them. Watch them this Christmas. But please, look to the source. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith because of the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the same and that same power that raised Christ from the dead says the Bible dwells in us dwells in us because that's what true joy is true joy is understanding that our current pain our current suffering the situations that we go through this too will pass church this too will pass that the comfort and joy of Christ and his love will come into our hearts. Let's bow, shall we? Pray. At the close of this year, I want to give an invitation. You know, if you've been touched by the story of Jesus, if you've been touched by the words of comfort and joy, I want to tell you they are glad type of comfort and joy. I'm going to give you an opportunity if you want belong, believe and become today. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, 
If you want to know more, if you want me to help you and show you from God's word what a relationship with Jesus is like and you want to start afresh today, you want to go into 2018 with the past, past. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed and every Christian here in the room is praying, will you say yes to Jesus today? If that's you, just put your hand up and it back down again and I want to give you some literature later to take away with you. If you would like to make that decision to accept Jesus into your life this Christmas, just pop your hand up and put it down again. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? What have you got to lose? Joy. Comfort. Happiness. And ask one more time. Put your hand up. I see you. Thank you. And put it down again. Lovely. Father God, we thank you today for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you came to earth as a baby. That you grew up and that you lived a sinless life. And you did all of it. You came. and You lived. You did all of it so that we might come to know you as the king of our hearts, the Lord of our lives. Lord, for each person that has raised their hand right now in this room, Lord, I pray that as they go into Christmas and a new, fresh 2018, Lord, that they would discover in you the freedom that's in Christ, the joy that's in Christ, and the comfort that is in Christ this Christmas. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.